You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. TikTok to the moon, and uh, the podcast is doing pretty well, too. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is Tuesday, May 18th, and this might be my favorite podcast that we will record to date because we get to talk pitching porn, and I could not be more here for this, Peter Apple, but uh, you are you are the betting man, and you are showing character and you're showing wins. You're getting results right now, and it's got to feel good. It's working. And it's funny, at the beginning of the season, I was doing deep dives. I was going, waking up at 6, 7 in the morning, being like, i got to nail these picks today. And I was doing okay. Like, I was like eight, nine games over 500 with unit betting. We were, you were making a couple dollars. But lately, I've been more relying on just my gut and seeing which team do I think will end up possibly winning this series maybe on travel days looking more at the mental side of how guys I think will play rather than doing deep dives on the stats and it's working much better we're 81 and 59 as I'm talking to you on Monday and today we have a couple more picks today um we'll see how they do the the value for at least Monday's game aren't great today but Pete's picks is working we go live on TikTok at 12 30 p.m eastern every day and yeah. me and you have to start something. We got to see your picks because I think that you do just as well as me. So what I love about the way that you're kind of going about it now is, you know, and we fall victim to it sometimes too. We tend to place too much stock in the numbers. We tend to place too much stock in, yeah. oh, this guy's fastball was flattening out his last couple of starts. Like this isn't really working. Um, I love that you look at travel days and you look at, you know, a daytime after a night game, like a big win yeah. at night. Okay, here's a 110 first pitch. Like, who's going to win? Probably the other team that went to bed pissed. And like, on the comments, I get slack being like, this team isn't going to win. The better pitcher is pitching today. I'm like, well, maybe the Giants who had to travel across the country yeah. who just played a night game aren't going to come out so hot when they're playing. I mean, this is a random example, playing the Mets. Maybe the Mets could win today if it's a lesser pitcher. That's what we that's what we're looking at and it's working. 81 and, and 59. That's like 59-60%. And dude, those are the odds that it, you get that are in your favor, value. right? Like there's the value because oh, you've got this stud on the mound and then you've got this, you know, relative nobody. Say Joey Lucchese is pitching for the Mets and they're seeing 
you know, somebody better like Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Like there is a chance the Mets take that one. If the human element of the game is not favoring Aaron Nola and the Phillies. And we constantly forget that these are not computers playing baseball yet. We might get They're there not, in 2040. Not we'll not maybe yet. get robot umpires soon, but it's not yet the real people. And sometimes, sometimes guys are just tired, Jack. Yeah. I just traveled across the country. Yeah. I'm switching time zones. You know, I don't feel myself, but maybe Freddie Freeman of all people, but then he goes over four and it's like, what happened? Well, yeah. he just took a nine hour flight. He's tired. My, my one minor league shout out before we get into the starting pitcher conversation, which I'm just so freaking excited for. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> uh, another week logged in minor league baseball, uh, being with the Tell four about tin caps. Yeah, the Tin Caps offense didn't really show up this week, but I want to shout out Ethan Elliott, 24-year-old left-hander in the Padres system on the cusp of the top 30 per MLB.com. But he's, you know, top 15 in some other publications. He's a top 30 prospect on fan graphs and the athletic and things like that. Elliott from Lincoln Memorial University in Tennessee. So a D2 guy that lit it up in short season ball 2019. Got the big league spring training invite in 2021. So this is a left-hander who said his favorite pitcher growing up was Chris Sale. And he's got, you know, some, some crazy movement in his delivery. And he's not necessarily somebody that has that MLB fastball yet. He's 88 to 90 with the fastball. But big league spring training, hey, if you're a left-hander, you're going to get pulled to the side by Blake Snell. And he's going to say, yeah. hey, check out this slider grip that I have. Maybe try this. Dude struck out 13 guys, allowed one bloop single in six innings on Sunday. Ethan Elliott is leading all of minor league baseball in strikeouts through his first three starts, and he's already got an immaculate inning on his book. So this guy is, based on the pure naked eye, a spin rate savant with his fastball. He's getting more swings and misses on this 89-mile-an-hour fastball than I knew was humanly possible from professional baseball players. It's amazing. And he's been so fun to watch. I was just smiling that whole time because I was just thinking to myself, what other podcast are you going to hear about a guy like that? And that much of in-depth analysis to the point where the guy's leading the minor leagues in strikeouts. Nobody knows that. Right. Exactly. Like, you, you know, you can hop on the research portal or you can hop on you know, baseball reference or whatever and see, oh, who's this E. Elliott guy? But he's not a top 30 prospect. Like there's there's nothing out there that you can read about. He's just this this lanky dude that shoved at the D2 level that all of a sudden is taking high A by storm. And it's like, oh, my God, like you're going to be in the league soon and you're going to be super under the radar, but you're sick. So good for you, Ethan Elliott. Good for uh, you, Ethan Elliott. We're shouting you out. Let's go, baby. We're shouting you out. Breaking into, maybe going even past the minor leagues, back to the major leagues, we're going over our top 10 starting pitchers. And the comments galore are about how pretty much all of these starting pitchers are cheating. So if we can get that Elliott, what is his name? Elliott Edwards? Uh, Ethan Elliott. Ethan Elliott. If we can get Ethan Elliott, maybe some rosin, maybe some bullfrog sunscreen spray, maybe some pine tar. We can right. just get him up to 95 and he'll be he'll be throwing no hitters just like Wade Miley. Right. Or the weird booger substance that Pineda had on his neck and then forearm and and yeah, John I Lester mean, had. It was green. You can't have anything it, green on your body. 
I feel like when you get past 35 years old, are these guys using the same things that the 28 year olds are? They may have another formula that's even grosser. I mean, the fact that <laughs> Pineda has like a three ERA probably shows he's using one of the craziest formulas. This is all conjecture. We have actually no idea if any of these guys are doing it. It's just what we see and we're letting you know what we see. But first, I would like to shout out some players of the week. I'm a player on my favorite team, the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge won AL Player of the Week by MLB. He hit 571 this this week, posting league highs in slugging and OPS, which brought him to a tie with the league lead of home runs with this group of players is awesome. Ronald Acuna Jr., Mitch Hanniger, <laughs> and Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge all tied for the league lead in home runs. Yes, we expected Ronald Acuna. But did we expect Shohei Otani already? Did we expect Mitch Hanniger out in Seattle to be leading the right. league in home runs? No, we did not. So if I said one of these things is not like the other, exactly. would it be Shohei or would it be or Mitch Hanniger? <laughs> I don't know. But then it's also Ron Acuna Jr. And the crazy thing about Acuna, he could hit 50 home runs this year. He's been hurt totally. and is already in the league lead in home runs. Totally. Do you think he could be like 50-40? I mean, shit, like he's the one guy that can do it, right? Like, And then if he does that, it's hard not to call him the second best player in baseball. Soto, Mookie, I get it. But like, come on now. I already did it two weeks in. So I, yeah, I can just hard stand not by that. To. Right. And so bringing into the National League, a guy truthfully had no idea who this dude was. <laughs> Josh Fuentes for the Rockies won National League Player of the Week. He led all players in RBIs, hit a couple bombs and hit 500 for the week. We got to shout out Josh Fuentes. And I bet you didn't know, Jack. I bet you didn't even know who that was, but I bet you didn't know it 306 last year. No, I, I didn't know that because uh, Colorado in a six-game yeah. season is like yeah, kind of bullshit. He didn't even play all six. He played 30 games. He hit 306. <laughs> he hit 306, so I guess that still counts. Um, the so only good. reason I knew who he was was because I was watching the condensed Padres games, which I do every morning, you know, yeah. being in the Padres system. So I'll, I'll watch that to know what the big boys are doing. And and Josh Fuentes was, was lighting the Padres up. I was like, how about this guy? Up. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats to Mr. Fuentes. Um, but now it's time for the main course. And I don't want to wait another minute getting Me into neither. this. Top 10 starting pitchers in baseball as of May 18th, 2021. This is going to be so fun. But of course, like we cheated and we couldn't have, you know, 10. We needed to have like 20. So we've got. Should we do some honorable mentions, and we need to see more before we get into the top ten. Yes. So I I want to start with the guys that we just need to see more of, and then they could sneak into that honorable mention group, and then we'll get to the honorable mentions, and then finally we'll go ten to one. Perfect. So the guys that I think we pinpointed that we need to see more, there were four that jumped out yeah. to us: Trevor Rogers with the Miami Marlins, Kevin Gosman with the San Francisco Giants, Julio Urias with the LA Dodgers and Huascar Enoa with the Atlanta Braves. There are three guys that are young and are making the jump in their career that's so exciting to see. And then Kevin Gosman's in year nine. And yeah. uh, <laughs> he's- But for he's some reason, great. I believe it. I believe in, I think, I think Kevin Gosman is one of those pitchers who actually might've started to figure something out in San Francisco. Hmm. So I, I do think, although- we say developing aces all the time. Guys like Danny Duffy, he's 32 years old. He's not developing anymore. Right. 
But I think that with Kevin Gosman's injury history with some years with Baltimore, where I don't know what they're teaching anybody because it, they never win. So maybe he goes to the Giants organization and maybe he figures it out. That's why I think we put him in our need to see more because if he finishes out the season and is really good, I don't see him being like sort of fluky because he's always had that sort of potential. It just was a little bit wasted in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And Kevin Gosman was a guy that, that got out of Baltimore and, and did well. You know, we saw it with that um, crazy Cubs deal where they go get Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope, and they both um, have this like career revelation as soon as they get out of Baltimore. Dylan Bundy, too, once he gets to Anaheim, he's, he's great. So Is he great, though? He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> uh, he's he's B minus. But yeah. <laughs> that um yeah, it it could be interesting. You know, I think that a lot of organizations need to see a little bit more from Kevin Gosman because he could be a real piece that could get San Francisco some marquee prospects at the deadline. Gosman could be a serious contending playoff ad. Trevor Rogers, we gotta shout him out, man. Two home runs allowed over forty-four innings, but the walk numbers just need to go down. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody can touch his fastball. It's like 95. He throws very similar to Chris Sale, Trevor Rogers. He was, uh, I think, he went 13th overall to the Marlins a couple of years ago. He has been one of their top pitching prospects, but has really kind of advanced to not ace yet, obviously, but he's pitching like that. And it's really cool to see because I do think, and I think we both think, that Trevor Rogers will continue to put up these kinds of stats, maybe not an ERA below two. But I think an ERA in the threes is very likely, and I think he'll be a very good pitcher for a long time. Julio Urias, 24 years old now, and it's crazy to think that he's only 24 because he made his debut at 19, and it was like the most uh, covered debut since Fernando Valenzuela. He's amazing to watch, and I cannot get enough of Julio Urias. Walk numbers are finally down. His career-high strikeout-to-walk ratio coming into this year was 3.15 strikeouts per walk. He's sitting at 7.5 strikeouts per walk this year. If the command stays where it is now, which is a north of 70% in terms of strike percentage for all three of his pitches, like the stuff is good enough to get him in the top 10. That's why when I, we're getting comments on the TikToks, like what's wrong with the Dodgers? I just tell everyone every single day on the lives at 1230 Eastern, relax. Yeah. This is the greatest roster we've seen maybe in the decade Julio Urias is your fourth best pitcher after Bueller Bauer and Kershaw like are you kidding me yeah what so and then I think let's break into some of our honorable omissions we can give Huascar you know with some love though for the Braves he's been excellent this year but honorable omissions I also forgot we have a list right here but we did forget one name we forgot Clayton Kershaw is definitely an honorable omission who we're not putting in our top 10 this year, even though I'm a big believer in Clayton Kershaw, obviously. Yeah. I, his career's on the downswing, but it, the downswing is still pretty damn good. Downswing like the baseline. Yeah. yeah. The baseline <laughs> for him is great. He's just not at the elite level top 10 yet. Or so anymore. breaking, breaking into number one, we have Lucas Giolito who's scuffling a little bit. I when we were arguing about this list, I really wanted to still put these first two names. Lucas Giolito and Aaron Nola will not make our top 10. But I thought, okay, it's a little early to judge them in May when they, I thought at the beginning of the season, were obvious top 10 candidates. But then again, we are doing a little bit of right now, but we're also, I mean, you need some track record there. It's not yep. just automatically, we're not just ranking the best guys in ERA. 
So Aaron Nola and Lucas Giolito are honorable omissions, but I still think they're fantastic aces in this league. And I think Giolito is going to figure it out. Yeah, Lucas Giolito's ERA through the first three innings, so from innings one through three in his starts, is just under seven and a half, Mm. which is not good at all. The hard hit percentage. Yeah, like the hard hit percentage against him is as high as it's ever been. And I think the problem is with his changeup command, which is crazy because like his changeup is his best pitch. It's missing middle. Yeah, and middle, middle. It, it would be it would be a whole nother thing if he was missing low with it because he's yep. got the command. Like he had so many calculated high changeups last year that were effective, but when Weird. you miss middle, middle with a changeup, it makes no it's sense. Gonna get shoved. Yeah, and it's funny because the changeup could be the best pitch in baseball, or it could be the worst pitch when you hang it over the middle. That's why you might see guys like Brady Singer is another example. He's not going to make this list yet because he's too young. But he's another guy that when you rely so highly on the changeup, you can have amazing starts, but then you also can have blow-up starts. And then we move on to a developing ace in John Means, one of the best changeups in baseball. And then we also have missing our list a little bit, you Darvish, who's excellent this year, probably close to that 11-12 in that same range as um, Aaron Nolan, Lucas Giolito. And then our Our favorite player. Our fucking guy. Our fucking guy, Freddie Peralta, <laughs> the boy. We told you people, pay attention to Freddie Peralta. He's good. Yeah, he's so good. He's I, good. But the thing is, he wasn't before this year. And yeah, now he he's like, oh, Dan, this slider that I throw is kind of sick. Let me do that more. So he uses That's why we his, do our research. Exactly. He uses his athleticism to his advantage. John Means, just want to shout out quality start galore. I'm a huge fan of quality starts. That's six innings allowing three or fewer earned runs. Six of his eight starts so far have been quality starts. And then you Darvish, you know, I, I didn't really understand the historical significance of you Darvish's strikeout numbers. Let, let me walk you through this before we get into our top 10. Yes, please. Seven of you's nine seasons in Major League Baseball since coming over from Japan. He's averaged over 11 strikeouts per nine. The all it's a lot. The all time strikeouts per nine leaders among starters, like in terms of career, one through five. Number one is you, Darvish, all time. Number boy, yeah, what you, Darvish, strikeouts per nine, strikeouts per nine. Wow, you, Darvish, is number one. Chris Sale is number two. Max Scherzer is number three. Randy Johnson is number four. And Jacob deGrom is number five. You Darvish. Really? Yeah. See, I got roasted on our TikTok for saying that Blake Snell is better than you Darvish. One of our honorable omissions. I mean, he didn't make the list, but I still think Blake Snell's good. Right. Maybe that take is looking a little sour right now because, I mean, yeah, the stats say you Darvish. Why do I, when I watch him, there's, I don't have the same confidence as I would maybe these 10 other races. Because he doesn't have like that much confidence in himself. Like every start <laughs> is Jekyll and Hyde, right? And the numbers always come back to something somewhat good. So when you look at his baseball reference page, you're like, oh yeah, you Darvish is great. And then you watch and then you him some 14 days. 14 pitches. Right. And yeah. then like you watch him some days and you're like, you Darvish sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's break into. Let's do it. Number 10. Jack Flaherty. Since Jack Flaherty has entered the league, he has a 3.27 ERA, and he's having the best start to any season so far with an ERA this season in 2021 at 2.47 and a FIP of 2.94. 
wins are kind of a stupid stat to judge a pitcher on, but he is 7-0 and to start the season, locking in wins every fifth day for the St. Louis Cardinals. And he's a five-pitch guy, but mostly relies on his mid-90s fastball, a slider with 34 inches of drop, and an, ab- an absolute hammer of a curveball. 60 inches of drop, similar to a James Karinchak type curveball. Now, Fangraphs expects him to come back down to earth a little bit. Of course, they, they have him finishing. They have him finishing with an ERA just under four. But I think that they're going to get that prediction completely wrong. Flaherty is a fantastic athlete, super clean, fluid mechanics, and he's going to be the ace for the Cardinals for many years. Yeah, I I love Jack Flaherty and. You know the way we kind of divided this up, we actually attacked it differently than the uh, than the yeah. reliever um, thing that we rolled through because we decided on this list together. And mm-hmm. Pete's going to present the evens. I'm going to present the odds. So that was ten. Jack Flaherty, the ninth best starting pitcher in baseball, is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's not Corbin Burns. Burns might be better. It's Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff is the ninth best pitcher in baseball. Not only is the velocity on his four-seam fastball jumping year by year, but his strike percentage with his four-seam fastball has jumped year by year. This is the first time in his career that he's over 70% with a strike percentage on his four-seam fastball. So he's dropped the use of his slider for the most part, and he's upped the use of his curveball. So he's got that velo disparity more and more present. And like we always talk about with the two, three speeds, he throws a four seam fastball that's in the high nineties and he throws a curveball and a changeup that are in the mid to low eighties. And when you see 98, then 84, then 98, then 98, then 84, that's a top 10 pitcher in baseball, man. And I feel like people sleep on Brandon Woodruff. Like yeah. dude throws Chad. It's just everything he throws is impossible to hit. Yeah. So let's break into the eighth best starting pitcher in baseball, his teammate in Milwaukee, Corbin Burns. Yes. If only the man didn't exit with an injury earlier this year, you can make the argument that Corbin Burns is a top five pitcher in baseball. Due to only throwing 34 innings, he has not qualified yet for the leaderboard, but in those 34 innings, he has an ERA of 1.57 and a microscopic FIP at 0.48, otherworldly. Famously set the mark for most strikeouts without allowing a free pass with 58 strikeouts before a singular walk, which he gave up to Tommy Edmond on the Cardinals. We also have to remember, this is not a fluke with Corbin Burns. Last year, he finished with an ERA, shortened season, I get it, but he finished with an ERA of 2.11 and his FIP was even lower at 2.04. Everyone's talking about the high 90s cutter and rightfully so. But it's one of the best pitches in baseball, but he still throws a sinker, a curveball, a slider, and a changeup all above 10% usage rates. He just throws everything hard, everything fast, everything's moving, and he's impossible to hit. Brewers' top three starting pitchers are Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. Their top three bullpen arms are Josh Hader, Devin Williams, and J.P. Fire Rising. I mean, like, you, you also have Eric Yardley. Right. Like they do not, they 
they just pitch. It doesn't make any sense. They just they don't hit though. Pitch. They pitch, and that well, when Yelich comes back from yeah. Nashville, I would never want to come back from that rehab assignment in Nashville. Are you kidding me? But uh, when Yelich comes back, he's going to provide that spark and and low cane. Like the reinforcements are, are coming, and whenever Keston Hira figures out whatever is going on, like. He, he just strikes out too much. He and strikes out way too much. Keston Hero was a guy who we played in high school, played him at Valencia High School. Um, and then he went on to UC Irvine and just every single place he went, he destroyed right. baseballs. Yeah. And then now it's like, I think pitchers are figuring him out a little bit, you know, tunneling. Can he hit that high fastball, then hit the curveball at his feet? Like, it's just, it sucks because I expected, I mean, I picked Keston Hero to be on my fantasy team. Like I expected so much and to just see what's going on right now. And it, it doesn't even seem that fluky. The guy just can't hit. Yeah. He's not hitting anything right now. Yeah. I, I, I hope he's better, but I'm just not seeing much really at all from Hero. Number seven pitcher in baseball, starting pitcher in baseball is on the West Coast. And this is another guy that strikes out a shit ton of guys and he doesn't walk anybody. Walker Bueller has 47 punch outs and three walks in 44 and a third innings of work this year. That's um, really good. Yeah. <laughs> the spin on his fastball and on his breaking pitches are both in the top 5% of the league. He's putting all three of his secondary pitches exactly where he wants to curveball in the dirt or front door to right-handed bats. And then the cutter and the slider are on the outside corner. He's missing over the heart of the plate with this fastball a little bit, and that's resulting in in some hard hits. But listen, man, Walker Bueller is exactly who every pitching coach should be showing their kids um, if you're a youth pitching coach because this guy's mechanics are so repeatable and he never falters and he uses his athleticism. That's something that is lost now because you want everybody to be hyper-mechanic if you've got a kid that's a really good athlete, let him be an athlete on the mound. And that's exactly what Walker Bueller does. And it shows with his results. Walker Bueller just gives me Justin Verlander vibes, the tight Seriously. pants, <laughs> the, the stuff, the bravado on the mound. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who gets better in the playoffs and that's what you want with an ACE. Bad a guy who will deliver in the regular season innings eater, obviously, with guys like this, you you want two or less runs every single start. Right. And that's what Bueller can provide. But then he takes it to another level come the postseason. That's why I don't care what he does. He's staying in the top 10, even if he goes through some scuffles, because this dude is legit. Yes. So let's break into the sixth best pitcher in baseball right now, Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep. One of the most intimidating presences we have in our game today. Glasnow is also off to a hot start, sitting at 2.35 ERA, and Fangraphs even expects this to continue. They have him finishing at 2.31, standing at six foot eight, 225 pounds. The guy pounds you with high 90s fastballs, breaks off a slider with 40 inches of drop, and a curveball with death-defying 57 inches of drop. And when you take a look at his pitch charts, he's throwing fastballs, similar to Bueller, right down Main Street. And at the letters, basically daring you to hit it, and you yeah. can't. Opponents are only hitting 157 off his fa- fastball, which he throws 50% of the time. They know it's coming. They can't hit it. And he, but what ha- has happened with Glasnow is he's really made the leap into an ace. 
due to the fact that he really needed a third pitch and he and found a nasty one with that 40 inches of drop from his slider. And now he's technically a guy with four pitches due to the changeup usage. And he's going to be an ace for years. And he's just 27. Dude's a freak. With the length that Glasnow has and in the shape that he keeps his body in, a, the world is his oyster on the mound. There is no way you would rather have any other physique on the mound for you. If I could make every pitcher on my staff, if I was the GM of a team, look exactly like Tyler Glass now, I would in a heartbeat. Um, and also, and I know, yeah, with it with uh, with Tyler Glass now, um, if you don't think he's one of the most attractive dudes in the world, then you're he's, just insecure. He's so hot. He's so hot. Glass now, so <laughs> hot. Um, yeah, and I know that we've talked. <laughs> I, trying to shake that one off. Um, I know that we've talked about it previously, but Kyle Snyder, the, the pitching coach in Tampa Bay, you know, Glasnow was really struggling because he was, t- he was trying to be really cute with this hard fastball. And he got to Tampa and he was like, dude, if you just let that thing ride, like you can miss dead center and people still aren't going to touch it because it's hard as hell. And- look at the, you look at his pitch, right? you look at his charts, it's all red right in the middle, just yeah. like a little bit above the letters. And like, even when you watch him too, it's like guys are whiffing at 99, just right down the middle because it has so much spin and it's just all, not only is it 99, but it looks even harder. Yeah. The number five starting pitcher in baseball is different than Tyler Glass now because he's older. And by uh, any measurement, you would think that he's on the downswing of his career, but he's not. Max Scherzer is as good as ever. Scherzer's fastball velocity has dropped an entire mile per hour from 94 to 93, from 2020 to 2021 so far. But hitters are, for some reason, just getting under absolutely everything he's throwing. The fly ball rate is as high as ever. The line drive rate as low as ever. So I don't necessarily know what to make of that. All I know is that Scherzer is getting outs and he's getting strikeouts and he's missing above bats, which is awesome to watch. And I never want to see the regression from Max Scherzer because his intensity and his mental approach to the game of baseball and pitching is better than almost anybody I've ever seen in my life. It was funny at the beginning of the year when we were in our JustBaseball.com group chat, which is just filled with the best sports baseball minds I've ever seen. All the analytics kids in the group chat are talking about how Kenta Maeda is somehow better than Max Scherzer because of whatever fancy stats. Not true. Stop sleeping on Max (laughs) Scherzer, people. Like, Max Scherzer is easily one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he will continue to be one of the best pitchers in baseball and a very interesting trade chip if the Nationals decide to sell. Also, quick point about Max Scherzer, seven years, $240 million contract, worked beautifully for the Nationals. Beautifully for them. Beautifully for the Nationals. That's another point. Yep. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. The number four pitcher in baseball is Trevor Bauer, the spin rate king. Say what you want about his antics off the field. When he's on the mound, dude lights it up. People forget Bauer won the Cy Young last year while leading the NL in ERA, whip, and opponent average against. This season, he has a 2.20 ERA and a super tiny whip of 0.75. 
I thought it would actually take him a little bit more time to adjust moving from Cincinnati to Los Angeles, but he's done very well over his 57 innings of work so far. The cutter is one of his brand new pitches, not brand new, but he's increased his usage of that pitch year over year since 2017. And it's gotten more effective over the years as well. And it's only 85 miles an hour, but it has the exact same spin rate as the high nineties cutter from Corbin Burns, which is tops in the league. And I'm telling you, Trevor Bauer is going to compete for a Cy Young award again this year, but I don't know if he's going to take over our number one guy. No. And, and I think everybody knows who the number one guy is already, but we're going to hold it. (laughs) They, they do dude. (laughs) Um, They they know it. uh, And I'm going to hold for the sake of delivery purposes and for the sake of carrying this list out in earnest with Trevor Bauer. Like, I think I was telling you, I used to really like listening to all his post-start interviews when he was in Cleveland because yeah. I, I find him so intelligent and, and so curious, like so intellectually curious about pitching. Um, but the extracurriculars are really turning me off with him. And, and the fact that he needs to turn everything into a Twitter war um, just kind of sucks. But you know what? Hate him all you want. He's really good at pitching. Dude shoves. And yeah, I get it. And I, I, I really go back and forth on that kind of stuff because at some point I'm like, all right, Trevor Bauer, sh- just shut up, dude. Shut up, dude. Like stop. But then on the other side, I wish more baseball players were so out and open with their personality. So that's something I really respect about Bauer. And I respect that he really genuinely is himself and maybe doesn't seem to care what other people think or really cares what other people think. Yeah. I'm not sure yet where that is. <laughs> and I think when I land on one of them, that's when I'm going to make my decision on whether I really like the guy, but as a player on the mound. Yeah. Dominant, dominant top five pitcher. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. I, I think it's the latter. I think he really cares about what people think about him. It very um, easily could be that. Yeah. And in terms of open book pitchers, Marcus Stroman takes the cake for me. I, I love everything about that guy. And I love how open he is with, with everything he does. Um, Bauer's just kind of the other, the other flip of the coin. We're into the elusive top three and mm-hmm. two and three, we could have an argument about, but um, I'm glad that I drew odds because I think this guy's the second best pitcher in baseball, but we settled on him being number three. And that's the Indians, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber is a guy that is being tasked with something only Jacob deGrom has been tasked with over the last few years. And that's trying to drag a putrid offense to the eighth inning and still give them a chance to win every fifth night. And that's what Shane Bieber has done. He won a Cy Young last year. He was amazing. And he's got 92 strikeouts. We're in mid-May. He's got 92 strikeouts. That's on track to fly by 300 Ks. Shane Bieber could become the 20th pitcher in Major League history to collect 300 strikeouts in a season. Number two has done it, and he's pitching really well. So that should carry you right into your guy, Peter. The number two best pitcher in baseball undisputed number two shut up is Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees he is second in ERA with 1.37 ERA he is second in FIP at 1.14 he's thrown 12 more innings than DeGrom 
but is right there in terms of stats across the board. Corbin Burns gets a lot of attention for his ability to strike out guys and limit the walks for good measure. But Cole has struck out 78 guys and only walked three, giving him the best walk to nine ratio in baseball for those that qualify. The biggest improvement is the use of the changeup for Garrett Cole. He hasn't thrown it much since he was in Pittsburgh this season, throwing it 15% of the time, and it has the lowest opponent average of any of his pitches. Even though the guy sits 97, touching 100, has two other unhittable pitches in the slider and the curveball. Garrett Cole is the definitive number two pitcher in baseball, the best pitcher in the American League, and will win the Cy Young in 2021 suck it <laughs> <laughs> you like that yeah i don't need do we need to do number one after the second i felt so passionate during that <laughs> i he's my favorite player like i love judge god he is just yeah he's a wizard he's a wizard harry he is he does everything grom does just a it, tick slower it looked like you blacked out a little bit when you were I, delivering that Good for you. I, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> uh, you mentioned something about Freddie Peralta being the second best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Honestly, that's probably the only truth there. Top dog. The the king of baseball right now. The king of the mounds is Jacob deGrom. The New York Mets ace is the best pitcher in baseball, and there is no other argument to be made. DeGrom sits 99 with his fastball, and he had this realization during the 2020-2021 offseason where he said, oh, shit, no one can touch my fastball. So he decided to up his fastball usage from 45% to 64%. That's a 20% jump in throwing his 99-mile-an-hour fastball, and he's in the 98th percentile of getting swings and misses on all of his pitches. I put together a top three within the number one. So these are the top three Jacob deGrom stats so far in 2021. Number three, he's allowing 3.8 hits per nine, which leads runner-up Freddie Peralta by half a hit. Number two, he's striking out 14 and a half hitters per nine innings, which leads runner-up Shane Bieber by more than half a strikeout. And number one, Jacob deGrom's ERA thus far in 2021 is 571. His ERA plus is 571. 100 is the league average. Every point you are above 100, that is how much of a percent better you are than the typical MLB starter. So Jacob deGrom is 471% better than the average MLB starter. And since 1900, the highest ERA plus for a whole season was Pedro Martinez, who had a 291 ERA plus in 2000. Jacob deGrom will smash that, barring catastrophe. I concede. It's, it's deGrom and it's everyone else. But... We did argue over two and three. You're a big Shane Bieber guy. I'm also a big Shane Bieber guy. Like, definitive third best pitcher in baseball, I think. But I think with the way Cole is pitching this year, I mean, I've watched most of Shane Bieber starts and every single start of Garrett Cole. This guy 
this guy looks like the best version of Garrett Cole, really, that we've seen. Yeah. And when you have the best version of one of already the best pitchers in baseball, I think you put him in that number two spot because I think if it were Bieber versus Cole in a faceoff, I think the Yankees win that game, and I think Garrett Cole has a better start. I mean, yeah. maybe it, that's probably a bad way to decide because it is close. Right. And it's, I don't even really think it's that close. So I'm I'm going to present why it, why it is close, I think. That's fair. Do it. Um, I think that if you take a game, Bieber and Cole, and it already happened, and it was a hell of a game. It was awesome. It was an amazing baseball game, and, and Garrett Cole won it. Um, I, I agree with you right now. Garrett Cole is the second best pitcher in baseball ahead of Shane Bieber. I, I think it's a very small margin because I think Bieber's stuff plays on a nightly basis a little bit more than Cole. I think that Cole is a bit more prone to the off night where he might allow three home runs just because his fastball is left over the heart of the plate versus Bieber. um, You know, his fastball, he can dot that thing wherever he wants. And Oh, by the way, like this knuckle curve that he throws is biting and hard and it doesn't matter if it's an off night, right? Because 70% of his curveball is still amazing. It's still better than most curveballs in baseball. So he could leave it middle and it's still, no one's touching it. That's, exactly. It's like one of those pitches that Jacob DeGrom's fastball, um, Garrett Cole's slider. There's just pitches that guys just won't touch regardless of where it is. Because yeah. Corbin Burns' cutter. Um, and I think it'd be interesting if we did like maybe a top pitches in baseball. I feel yeah. like that'd be interesting. And I feel like a lot of guys on this list will have those top 10 pitches. Yeah. Is there anybody else that, around the league that you've been impressed with, you know, maybe some guys that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Um, so Hyunjin Ryu deserves to, to get some sort of mention. Some love. Yeah. He 100%. deserves some love. Um, you know, we, we mentioned Huascari Noah very briefly. I think Ian Anderson is on a really great track. And I think Max that, Freed. yeah, freed, um, you know, and, and obviously there are some guys that are hurt right now that would have a fighting chance to be in the top 10. Chris Sale certainly would be in the top 10. He's fighting Zach for top Wheeler five. for the Phillies looks fantastic. Wheeler looks great. Um, Soroka would have a fighting argument for top 10 when, when he's healthy. You think top 10 for Soroka? I think he's an honorable mention for sure. Yeah, I mean, that the analytics people are saying that he's a fluke. But like, I watch him and I'm like, he's good at pitching. He's so really are, do they watch the games? No. I, I You watch the games. I watch the games. Do they watch the games? I don't because know. Because I don't think that Soroka is bad, but everyone's telling me he is, and I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't seen him in like a year and a half, so there's that. That's a good point. Uh, immediate assessment of this before we close. This was like my favorite episode that we've done. This, this was so fun. And what we're going to do is I think we owe it to ourselves. We got to finish out every position. TikTok is going to go freaking nuts. Yeah. And I think when I was even saying, I remember we were arguing after like just five seconds ago that Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber, it's very close. And then I started off the segment, which Garrett Cole is the definitive number two with a lot of, with a lot of drama, but that's for TikTok because people are going to oh, eat yeah. that up. Call me an idiot. You know, yeah. Dave, uh, we have some funny TikTok comments. Someone compared you to Nick EHG. He's some streamer. Someone I, said you I look like uh, Papa John. Yeah, a young Papa John was my favorite. Which is hilarious. Yeah, so funny. (laughs) And then there was another comment. A lot lot of people get very angry when they don't see maybe their favorite player being ranked high. Right. Because someone on the Josh Hader video that you posted, we have him at number three. 
one of the best relievers in baseball. We're splitting hairs at this second. Like, obviously, we love Josh Hader. Right. Someone commented, because Josh Hader is not one, I'm unfollowing, and this is the worst list I've ever seen. No way. And it's just like, why? We're so Come sad on. to lose you. <laughs> We're so sad to lose you. We're not. But it's how we rank. And it, these these people are freaking out. But genuinely, though, the TikTok community, when we first joined, I thought it was going to be people really roasting us. People are so kind. People have been so great to us. People are leaving tons of love on our comments. A lot yeah. of people are liking our stuff. Yeah. You know, when we go live every single day um, at 1230 Eastern, people are sending in comments. It's becoming a really fun thing. And that's why we're so excited for the JustBaseball.com website to come out because we're going to change the game, dude. It's just the start, baby. This is so fun. That's Peter Apple. I'm Jack McMullen. And that was our top 10 list of starting pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. And what a blast it was. Until Friday, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.